With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome, lovely listeners, to the Anfield Index podcast. I've just been watching the frankly interminable Where Eagles Dare, 1968 World War II action movie directed by Brian Hutton and starring Richard Burton and Clint Eastwood, in which the aforementioned duo break into a German-occupied chateau and pull off a daring heist. Carl's just told me it's in Hendon, which is quite a letdown. It's episode 229 of the Anfield Index podcast, and I'm Trev Downey, podcasting to you from my Bond villain chair in the study, which, inspired by the radio room in the movie, I've now dubbed the Funk Room, which I really like. And I'm still here in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm joined for this podcast by cable car surfer Carl Kopak, grenade-tossing Cam Branch, and in the background, sneering Third Reich super producer Guy Drinkle. How are you getting on this week, Carl? Long time no chat. We must have left at about two weeks. People will be annoyed with us. It's been a while, yeah. We've um, we've gone past, we've gone through in Europe and we've beaten Burnley. Um, there's probably another game in there as well that we've we've just completely forgotten about. But uh, it's all been very well. Are, are you asking for my opening quote? Why the hell not? Well, this time I'm going to tell you who said it because it's a, it's a basically about. Um, my favourite person in Liverpool's entire history, and that is no exaggeration. And this is from Jamie Carragher. The radio match commentary was on as the coach made its way back to Melbourne, and naturally, I was listening to every word and urging Everton to win. Stockport scored, and Ronnie Moran and Sammy Lee, who were in charge of the reserves at the time, couldn't hide their delight. 1-0, shouted Ronnie, the sense of joy inescapable. Sitting at the back of the coach, I simmered away inside, praying we get back into the game. Then my moment came, Everton equalised. I couldn't resist. Get in, I screamed. Who the fuck was that? shouted Ronnie. It was the first team coach was still in the dark about my youthful loyalties. I wouldn't say it was a cue for a witch hunt, but Ronnie might as well have been holding the pitchfork as he swooped to find the culprit. Fantastic. Is that from his autobiography? That's from Carrie's autobiography, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember the story. It's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. I am open all day for Ronnie Moran's stories. All yeah. day. Yeah, there's there's no bad ones. There's no, no. bad ones. Uh, they, uh, at least at least four of the of the old stagers that I interviewed for the interview show um, mentioned the the, the famous um, box of medals story. But those are the ones that I like. Those ones that you get a real insight into uh, the type of character he was. You, well, I, I like one as well. Which I didn't. It was either this or or, or or another one where he's on the bench and Liverpool are playing Millsborough up at Middlesbrough's place. And uh, Middlesbrough score, and a woman's basically running down the pitch, screaming, laughing her head off. Uh, oh no, sorry, behind him. And Ronnie's like just drinking, taking a big swig of Lucasade out of, you know, squeezing it into his mouth with an oversized bottle. And he just stared at her for about 10 seconds and then just fired it into her face. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that was just sheer disgust at her. 
and then just turned around again very casually. <laughs> so I'll give it Ronnie Moran. Bloody hell! I know. That must yeah. be going back a bit. That's got to be going back a bit. That's got to be going back a bit if we can get casual violence stories like that. That's 40 minutes on Skype and news on the hour every hour for two weeks if that happens today. Oh, and the rest. Yeah. And the rest. That's a, that's a, so I, I must come back to my, um, my little team here, but that's, that's going to get some tabloid outrage. That is, uh, yeah, very good, very good. And I, 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 a couple more Ronnie Moran stories coming to mind here that we might return to during the course of the show. Uh, Cam, what about yourself? I believe you were out on some, some, a little holiday. Um, you, you don't like to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Me and Mrs. B went away for the weekend. Um, uh, we went to the lovely city of Dubrovnik in Croatia and, uh, um, I did a game of tours, a uh, little, uh, game of, game of Thrones game of tour, game of Thrones tour. Uh, but Mrs. B didn't want to walk. So we had to go on the driving tour, which was still nice. So, uh, yeah, it was good. Nice little, nice little getaway. So that's one of the locales or locations for uh for Game of Tours, is it? <laughs> Game of Tours, yeah, where they have lots of thrones. So um yeah. And did you I did don't... you get did you get any uh um you know uh, interesting photos or Yeah, there's uh um we went into uh one of the little shops. It was a an official Game of Thrones shop and they had one of the actual Iron Thrones in there. One of the original ones used in well, the. You've had to sit on that, I'd say. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it had to be done. I mean, um, yeah, you know, yeah. And Mrs. B had to sit on there as well, so it was good. It was nice. It was our first getaway since our honeymoon, just the two of us. So um, yeah, it, it was nice just to get Bloody away. Hell, fella! What? How long ago was that? Twenty-five years ago. Dude, we we need to talk when this show's over. <laughs> you need some. You need some fucking advice around this whole. Uh, how to treat your lady thing. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's I, know, I, know, I know there's often talk of rolling pins, but can I say, I'm on Mrs. B's side here. Oh, wow, 100%. Oh, well, well, that's a surprise, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. One, one holiday in 25 years. Jesus. Uh, no, 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 just the two of us. We've, we've been away as... Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get oh, it. okay. I still, I, I, I still, I still think we need to have a chat. No wonder well, you didn't want to... Try to say from her pod. point of view, though. It's not all bad, is it? Yeah, I see where you're going with that, Carl. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the kids have made the holidays tolerable, is what you're basically saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fair. It's fair. It's fair. Uh, what about you, Cam? You got a, an opening quote for us this week? Yeah, yeah. I have a. Just before you do that, I was quite disappointed with Carl there when he said it, it was going to be one of his favourites. I thought he was going to say Adam Lallana. But anyway, um, there's, there's time. There's time. The, the child of. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my opening quote, um, quite, um, relevant with what's happened this week, I think, or with the Legends game anyway. So here goes. Racism comes in many different forms. Sometimes it's subtle and sometimes it's overt. Sometimes it's violent and sometimes it's harmless. It's definitely here. It's something that I think we all, we're all guilty of. And we just have to make sure that we deal with our own personal racism in the right way. Sounds quietly eloquent enough to be John Burns. Yeah. That's what no. I'm yeah, Sorry. no, it's not. It's uh, somebody called Jordan Peele. 
no oh, okay okay the movie maker right okay yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. very good very good uh, yeah. i'm actually going to go and see his new one at the weekend uh, okay right. i like that uh, it's it's that's uh it's a pretty interesting little uh, lines in there, I thought. Well, I know when I floated out a few ideas uh, that I wouldn't mind discussing, um, that uh, theme was very much part of it. And I think later on we should come back to the whole idea of racism because it, it's been an inescapable topic this week with the, with the England game and with the very unfortunate stuff uh, that happened at the the Legends game that you've cited there. Yeah. I think we, sh- we should probably have a, a little natter about that later on, but as we like to start things on a light note, I'll just do mine as well. And I don't know if you fellas are even fans of um, Alan Partridge. Uh, if if your if if your uh, fondness for him goes back a bit, or if you've been following the news series, but you can't really have missed. And I know I'm, I haven't been on on social media in about a month. But you can't miss uh, the constant sharing, um, uh, either 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 by word of mouth or whatever whatever um, social media you happen to have of the the little clip of the Alan Partridge impersonator in inverted commas uh, from Ireland. Um, I think it's the best TV moments in the last five years. It's 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 sneaking in there uh, as 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 yeah, certainly top five, top ten because there's something gloriously. Um, Oh, I don't know. Subversive about it. I love, I love the fact they've got, uh, a, 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 you know, the, the archetype of Englishness there in a, in a, in a, a Daniel Craig, James Bond, uh, yeah. impersonator sitting beside, uh, this raucous. Just shaking his head sadly. Yeah. Yeah. As this raucous, uh, uh, Mayo man, I believe, uh, sings songs about the black and tans and so on. It's, uh, it's a remarkable moment. And I, I considered, for my contribution, playing a little bit of it. But actually, I'm going to take a slightly different uh, tack on this because what I was aware of from watching on TV and, like I said, occasionally bits and pieces that when I've logged on, um, was how freely people uh, began doing just obnoxiously awful Irish impersonations and Irish accents. And listen, I've said it to you before, I'm not precious about it at all, but... When it's all, you know, um, oh, be jazz, be garan, this, that, these, and those uh, yeah. type stuff, it, it kind of it rubs me up the wrong way. So what I wanted to do uh, is just, you know, refer to a few things that actually people might be aware of. Because you think, right, we're a small little country on the edge of the, the, edge of the continent there, and the, what, what, what could we possibly contribute to life? But there's a few fantastic expressions. For example, I don't know if you, some of you guys may have already known this, um, but most people don't know it. Um, the, the phrase to put the kibosh in something. Now, I don't know. I assume that originated in, amongst the Jewish community in New York, right? You'd have, thought, you'd have thought so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where it came. That's how the association I made. Actually, it comes from the Irish copying on Vosh, which is the cap of death or the death cap, which used to be worn by a judge as he sentenced someone to uh, oh, okay. the end of their life. So that's where that comes from. I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. Now, I've read one during the week. You tell me if you think this is a bit of a stretch, but the expression um, from the jazz and beat era, you dig, apparently, you know, which of course means are you, are you, are you, you know, are you down, do you understand, are you hip? Yeah, daddy, 
daddy-o. Uh, apparently, it comes from the Irish verb tig, which is to understand, right? And the Irish expression on digging to, which means do you understand, which people pull on to the end of every sentence, you know, like they do, you know, in English. In Irish, mm. people say on digging to, digging to, at the end of each sentence. And that's apparently where you dig or, you know, uh, comes from, which I thought, that's absolutely magic. I love that. So I'm going to do a little feature of this type of thing every so often where I come back to uh, slightly more entertaining expressions. For example, uh, I, I love some of these Irish idioms that uh, I grew up with. Um, the uh, last member of a 12-person family uh, was referred to by my, gra- uh, my granny as he was the shakens of the bag which I thought was fantastic. Oh, I like that. It's the not fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's not like the little, the little, the little bit of uh, you know uh, peanut dust at the end. Uh, yeah. Yay! <laughs> uh, and my dad had two fantastic expressions for lads who were mean. Um, first one he 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 used to say is that fella would peel an orange in his pocket. I, I knew you were going to say that. I love, I that, love that one. But my, my favorite one from my dad about meanness was. That fellow would eat his dinner out of a drawer, which I've always loved. <laughs> I, I, I love the idea of some fella surreptitiously opening a drawer, taking a fork full and <laughs> closing it again. In case he can, can, I, can I add an extension to that? Yeah, uh, in, my, in my fanzine days, Steve Kelly, um, right, do you remember the, the United player, Luke Chadwick? Yes, yes. yes. Who, who got sent off in the game for the Danny Murphy 1 0 uh, for bringing down, I can't remember, well, Smeetra, I think it was, uh, as he was through on goal. Um, and uh, Mr. Chadwick had what can only be described as equine features. Yeah. He had a very, very mm-hmm. long chin and nose. And I love this expression. He's the only man I've ever seen who could eat his dinner through a letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that before or since. That's a glorious statement. It's cruel. And because it's against the manga, I love it. You know, uh, yeah, we're full of them. And I'll come back because I've got absolutely loads of these. Um, let's get our football chat started because... There's lots and lots that we want to talk about, but we agreed that the three of us on at least three topics, and I want to speak with uh, speak to you about those. The first one that won't go away because we've had a couple of weeks off with the joy of international break, and of course there are banana stories going left, right, and center. And I want to look at two stories which sort of uh, mirror each other uh, in 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 a strange way. The first one is why will people not let up with this? Oh, well, Zinedine Zidane is back now. So obviously Sadio Mane is going to want to fly away to Real Madrid. And, you know, it's interesting because the only story I've seen where Zidane's influence as a manager has any bearing or weight at all is Paul Pogba, who seems to be trying to talk himself out of Manchester United by talking up uh, Zinedine Zidane. The Sadio Mane thing, I think, is, is, is bananas. And I've never seen a fella, and I, I hope he understands that he's never going to be more adjusted or better, uh, better off at any club in his life. So there's that one. I want you to talk to me about that. But more to the point, and the more divisive one, and, and, and Carl, I'll start with you on it, is, uh, and I know, I know Cam wants to talk about it as well, is Mr. Coutinho and how just because things aren't going, um, smashingly for him, apparently, and I honestly don't know because I don't care. I don't watch Spanish football deliberately. Uh, I used to watch it all the time. But apparently things aren't going too great for little Philippe, little Nike. Um, and now apparently, you know, everyone thinks, w- will we take a punt on him, bringing him back? For 85 million, yeah. 
And it's remarkably divisive, Carl. I've seen, you, you, you've, you've seen how some of these chats go. I know it doesn't take much to get Liverpool fans at each, at each other's throats, but wow. So what's your take on, on both stories? Um, Sadio Mane, if he doesn't score in the next three games, that story dies. I think it's just because he's on a bit of a purple patch at the moment. And, and he's brilliant. And it's going to happen. Every time someone does well, if, if they're going to get linked to Real Madrid, because that seems to be the end point for people's careers when it, it isn't really. Philippe, um, or you know, or the other lot. Um, I can't see, I can't see the, the Mane thing at all. I, I just think that's just because he's doing well, and I don't think it's got anything to do with Zidane and Zidane because he was there last year and he still they didn't buy him then, and he was just as good. I know he scored more goals this year, but um, I, I think that's because of the goals in Munich and nothing else. He doesn't score those goals. That's a non-story. That's what that's what journalists call taking a punt. It's an interesting one, that Cam, isn't it, that Carl raises there, that if it wasn't for Mane's red-hot form, for example, if Salah had put three past uh, Bayern or two past Bayern, um, you'd inevitably be seeing endless stories about Salah to Real Madrid and, oh, my God, will his head be turned? It probably is that kind of opportunistic journalism, isn't it? Or do you think there's a bit more to it? No, it's exactly that. It's just uh, journalists trying to make a story and... um Come the international week break, there's they, it's always transfer rumours. That's what they, that's all they've got. They they've got no real football to talk about because international footballers, it's not real football, is it? It's just made up and it's fake. So, um, I from what I've sort of know someone who knows or who's met with Marnet, and um, this was going back to last summer before he'd signed his new contract, and. He he was coming out with, he's definitely signing a new contract. There's no doubt about it. He's staying. He loves the place. He, he loves the city. You know, he loves the club. He, he you know, he's totally on board with what, you know, Jurgen Klopp and the rest of the coaching staff are about. And he has no desire to go anywhere. That's not to say that his head could not be turned come the summer. We d- you know, you just don't know because it's football. Mm-hmm. But right now, as of today, he, he's he's as happy as Larry. He's and what about anyway. what about the Coutinho thing? I mean, how do you feel about the concept? And uh, by the way, I, I for all the people are speculating, I think it's opportunistic as well. And um, I don't think he's. Let's put it this way. Um, I think he's more self-preservation about him as a human being than to think it'd be a good idea for him to come back. But. That's only my own personal opinion. Where do you stand on the whole thing? I was as disappointed as anybody in the manner in which he left the club. Um, but then at the same time, he'd given five years to the club. He didn't owe the club anything really, did he? After proving himself for five years. Um, we've always said, we've always known that all South American players want to play for either Barca or Real Madrid. It's, it's just, ingrained within them. It's something, you know, well, well, a lot of them want to do. And if they have the opportunity to go, they're going to try and do what they can to go. Now, like I say, I wasn't happy with the way he left. I really wasn't. Uh, I could understand why he left, though. What I will say is, if Philip Coutinho was available, and that's the big issue now, yeah? Or the big thing, the big question. If he was available and Jurgen Klopp and the management team felt that he would be the right addition for our squad 
to come in and make us a better team and make us challenge for trophies, I'd want him. Mm. Because he makes us better then. If they don't think he can bring something extra to us and make us a better team, then no, I don't want him. Did I enjoy all those for Philip Coutinho goals? Too right I did. Do I enjoy the, the magical little hip swerves and just going away from a player? Because we're right now, we don't have a player like that. We do miss his guile. There's no doubt about it. But do we miss him as a team? Well, right now, you'd have to say no, because the, the points we've got say that we are a better team right now without Coutinho. But what's, the, what, what, but what's the one thing that everybody says is missing from this team? It's him, isn't it? It's a player they, like... They, they do, it's but a, then... It's a goal-scoring midfielder with a... We, we miss a goal-scoring midfielder, but then we... You know, that's down to the manager right now not letting other players become that goal-scoring midfielder then. And the system. And the system. The, the system set up for the three the system, to score the, goals. Yeah, and the system is set up in such a way that we're not getting those bodies into the box well, from would the you, midfield. Would you both like to rent out your services to sort of uh, consistently explain to people who write articles in uh, newspapers and websites endlessly, especially after an international break, about how Ginny Wijnaldum is a tremendously attacking uh, player and why doesn't Klopp use him like that? And Jordan Henderson is a tremendously attacking midfielder. Why doesn't Klopp use him like that? Because apparently these people feel as if they have discovered fire and gold and the wheel at the same time, and they are reporting their genius back to Jurgen Klopp, who knows nothing about football. Um, and in the hope that he will pick up on their insight and maybe deploy uh, Jordan or Ginny in a more attacking fashion. Because that's a connected story that I've seen endlessly over the last day or two. And it just winds me up. It's like, it's, it's, it's a, we're, we're in this because we like to give our opinions about football. I'm not uh, in the middle of a glass house here firing rocks around. Give your opinion by all means. If you feel Jordan should be deployed in a more advanced world, absolutely. If you think Ginny would be better off further forward, absolutely. I happen to agree on both counts myself. Although I do like Ginny as, as part of a defensive pivot with, uh, with Fabinho myself. Um, but I can see how it would work. But Carl, this is the thing. I mean, where do we, <laughs> where did these fellas, uh, these article writers, Again, is it just more opportunism? Oh, Ginny scores a goal, we write this shit. I mean, what is it? I mean, can you explain that to me? It, it, it never stops. Well, I, I can counter it in four words, Daddy. Well, five words. Bayern Munich 1, Liverpool 3. That's why they play that system, because they're playing one of the best sides in the world, and they went there, and they control the midfield, and the second half is one of the best performances I've seen in years. That's why they're playing that system, because the manager wants them to be pragmatic. He doesn't want to risk... Uh, with three fours, he doesn't want to risk a fourth. He he wants protection all over his back four, yeah. and it works, and that's why he does it. Um, can I just go back very briefly to the Coutinho thing? I can, I agree completely with Cam, but I will say that Liverpool it does not exist to create a. I hate to use the word backstop, but there is a backstop for the failing yeah. career of Philip Coutinho. Oh, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Did not create a backstop for Philip Coutinho's <sighs> ailing career. So there's nothing Brexit in there at all, honestly. No, no, not at all. And I will come up with a third meaning, meaningful vote on this later <laughs> on in the episode. <laughs> yes. Exit means exit, Philippe. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What does he think he yeah, is? But, 
thinks he's some sort of, thinks he's some sort of grand wizard, basically. Is what yeah, it's yeah, because there's nothing contentious <laughs> in that term at all. Yeah, well I mean, done, mate. Nothing oh, well, deliberate about that. Honestly. As, no, well, I mean, again, I don't know if you saw the clips of old Govey there from a couple of years ago using exactly the same expression, um, except in a more explicit fashion at a gathering where he was talking up there, talking up a storm. There is some collection of absolute arseholes in that Parliament House there, fellas. I don't envy you. When two, three years ago, a, a female MP was killed through a hate crime. That's really clever. That's well done. Oh, exactly. I mean, I mean, the layers of of uh, of of, of uh, lack of awareness are incredible. But oh, I mean, what about last week? And again, sorry for this side of his political rant, folks. It'll be over in a minute. But what about last week with uh, that stupid turnip-headed clown Johnson, where he's talking about the um, money spent on uh, uh, researching into and finding out and finding the culpability of uh uh people who've been involved in 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 uh sexual exploitation of children he referred to that money as having been spaffed up a wall what the yes. fuck what the fuck is wrong with him yeah i wish somebody what? would spaff him up the wall what sort of an absolute ghoul is that human and actually gets a haircut and thinks he's going to be prime minister oh my i i, I listen listen watermelons I, I, and piccaninis you know it's, oh. it doesn't stop with him Oh, it doesn't stop. It's, it's endless. It's endless. It's endless. endless. And I think he thinks he's being subtle, the big fucking prick. Anyway, um, about yeah, this Don't story. tell him the letterbox joke. He'll turn that into something else. Oh, yeah. About this story, Cam, um, with, uh, with, uh, old, old, um, uh, Hendo and, 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 and Ginny Wanaldum. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that, but we should move sideways into what was the one we flagged up at the top and is, of course, directly related to what we've just been chatting about in, 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 away um so just first of all your thoughts on um the two lads and what carl talks about in terms of listen this is the, the system that jürgen deploys and could we perhaps give the man the absolute respect that he deserves listen after every game immediately afterwards i'm going to say i think the manager got it wrong today because i think it, i'd like he'd have done this that or the other but I don't think for a second I know better than Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> and anyone who does is like is sort of delusional. So I mean, can we give him his dues? As Carl says, this is our best ever season because we've tightened things up and we've played in this more rigid, more structured formation, which relies on these guys doing that thing. People may find it a little bit less exciting and thrilling than last season. But you know what? We're set up to do better than we did last season. How about that? Well, the proof is in in the pudding, as in where are we in the table right now? Exactly. We literally couldn't be doing any better. We we in, couldn't in be doing. Yeah, you know, we are doing. There's no there's know, no higher place to go. The, no, no. And if if you look at our defensive record this season, there, there's a reason we've got the best defense in the league, and because we've got the best defense in the league, that's why we are at the position we are in the league table. Everything is built on that foundation of having solidity at the back. And that solidity is helped with what the midfield do. But then you can also, the, the front three, they are tireless workers. And a prime example of that is Mo Salah against Fulham, running back 80 yards to help put a tackle in on the edge of our own box when Fulham were, were breaking away. That's the other game I was thinking of, Fulham. 
Sorry. I know. I knew there's another game. I just thought what it was. I, I didn't remember at the time. It came in my mind about five minutes after. Um, but yeah, so that, that shows what the work ethic of that team is about. It's not just the midfield three. It is the front three as well, working their socks off. And that and was the in the creative. And the fullbacks. And our fullbacks push up high. Exactly. And that's why that's well it's more for for the, the fullbacks tend to rotate a bit, I think. They don't they're not both Yeah, usually one's gotta stay. One's gotta stay. One sort of stays and sort of stays on the edge of, so we end up playing more with a like a two four four. We're almost backwards from what we the classic four four two is. And and that's why you 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 we we're, we're, we're there for a reason and uh, yes I would love to see Hendo score more goals I'd love to see Ginny score more goals and maybe in a couple of games that we've dropped points in this season that's when you needed a goal scoring midfielder just to come in and maybe rescue an extra couple of points here an extra couple of points there mm. that that and that's when you could say it would have been the difference and that's where I think What's really disappointed me is, is where Naby Keita hasn't come in and been able to stake a place in that midfield for whatever reason, for injury or... Or even Shaq, even Shaq on a long-term basis. Yeah, or losing those, I mean, he must have lost the nudes somewhere. You know, Degsy must have stolen them back. Um, yeah. Because, he, because he's fit again now, isn't he? So, um, um, but he, w- I think he would have been that player to come in. And being that goal scoring attacking midfielder, it's a reason we wanted Nabi Fakir in the summer. Hmm. Carl, uh, Cam talks about the fact that we have a good defense, but I mean, I'm a very suggestible man. And uh, as I watched the Fulham game, you know, um, Martin Tyler convinced me because he's very wise football man that oh. Virgil van Dijk was, was having a bit of a, a mare and that he was, uh, he was too culpable for the goal and, um, looking ropey, you know, looking very ropey. And then, uh, in the middle of the week, again, because I'm very gullible, Sky promo for the Spurs game um, was playing up the fact that Virgil van Dijk uh, will be hoping to be in ve- better form. And in the midweek, uh, Virgil, uh, whereas lots of uh, people and um, the best defenders in the world, TM, um, were uh, in part of defences that were conceding two and three, uh, Virgil three and four, ha- happened to be present in a, in a defence which um, conceded a last-minute winner, despite the fact that if you look at some of his highlights from the game, he actually looks like an awesome superhuman. Um, Have you seen that, that that second goal? That German second goal? Because I was trying to play him on Van Dijk. He's basically said, you're 35, you know, you're 25 to 30 yards out. You're on the corner of the box. Help yourself, mate. Oh, shit. It, it, it's, it's, exactly. a, it's a world-class goal. And you've got, to, you've got to give the lad credit. You can't say that's Virgil van Dijk for not standing on him. But 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 at no point still this season, at no point has anyone dribbled past Virgil van Dijk. The man's a no. fucking, the man's an absolute beast of a of a footballer, an absolute an absolute just machine. I've never seen a fella like him ever in our defence. I don't think I've ever seen a fella like Van Dijk. And you know, and I can hear your your gears grinding. I know you're you're going to talk to me about defenders of the past. I watched him too. This guy could well be, if he maintains anything like this form, um, the better of any of them. And I, I mean that. And here's the thing that I, I can't get my head around with him, um, or with people. I've seen this thing, Carl, and I'm, it's not me being, uh, you know, very much partisan, but 
But that Sky promo is a really classic example. Um, the, we, we expect certain things from people like Tyler or whatever. That's just ongoing, you know. He's a, he's a gobshite. He's a gobshite. But, but it's endless across the media. There was a, an article I asked you boys to have a look at written by Matt, Matt Ladson for This Is Anfield where um, the gist of it was why nobody wants Liverpool to win the league. And it's a thing. I can't oh, get it. Right. It, is. it absolutely yeah. is, yeah. That, that's what, what I was going to say. What, what, what do you put that down to, Carl? I mean, I don't understand what that is. I really don't. I would have thought there'd be a lot of good feeling and goodwill towards the club. I don't get it. It's, it's, it's the, it goes... Because we haven't won it for so long, and basically these are a lot of new football fans, as in, you know, not their own fault, just because they're young, you know, they've never seen Liverpool win the league. And it's been built into the, the, the national game narrative, isn't it, that Liverpool don't win the league, and therefore um, our fans are just a little bit smug, and therefore it, we, it would be unbearable if uh, if we won the league. Because, of course, Leicester City have shut up about it now, haven't they? Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it is a thing, and, and so it doesn't bother me in the slightest because I've had this since the eighties. You know, it's not everyone wants to beat wants to beat Liverpool, and uh, I mean the the Gerrard slip. I think I think nineteen nineteen teams made Gerrard slip that day because no one else, everyone, sh- no one shuts up about it. It's, well, just, it's just Schadenfreude, and uh, but but it, but it's on a, it's on a, it's on such a relentless scale. I've never seen anything like that. That in particular, and again, Matt cites that. I mean, there are teams who get that going within the first couple of minutes. Um, it's, it's an, is it, is it like, sorry to do this, but is it some sort of a societal thing where people enjoy the misfortune suffering others more than they enjoy the, 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 the success that they have themselves? Is, is it, is it something like that? Because yeah. I honestly don't understand it otherwise. I mean, people talk in a very rose tinted and, frankly a little bit misinformed way about you know the people's derby and how it used to be great and hands across the city and all that i remember the mid 80s and i remember the feeling of united um uh and and a city together uh after hillsborough but i also remember the late 80s and i remember where everton and ourselves were going neck and neck for each and every title and every other and i'm sorry but that was not a friendly rivalry. No, of course it wasn't, no. It wasn't, you know? And so, like, there's a lot of shit talked about that. But it was never this nasty stuff, this vitriol, this bitterness. I just don't know what inspires it in people. And I'm still at a loss as to why specifically our club inspires it. I don't know. I don't get that. I I think the the difference now is, and I I mean, I'm all with, with United hating us. That's not a problem. I'm all with Everton hating us. That's not a problem. That's just life as a Liverpool fan. It's when people like Cardiff and West Ham think they have this intense rival with us, they hate us that much. I'm sorry, lads, but and as Patrick as this sounds, you don't count. In terms of rivalry, you're just lads at the other end of the grounds. I mean, you can hate us as much as you want, but um, and I think that's been built up. And it's a, I think it's a social media thing as much as anything else because if, if yeah. it's just... You've you've got to hate another. You've got to hate another club. I mean, we were talking before it on Twitter, the, the the four of us, and there's a club I particularly hate, and I can't explain it. I just don't like them. I'm a, I'm a bit the same with Aston Villa, to be honest. They just mystify me, and I don't understand them, and therefore I quite like things don't go well for them. I think it's got a lot to do with Steve Bruce, to be honest. But um, I think I think it's probably just a social media thing as well, and we're just easy to pick. If Liverpool don't do well, it's free copy for the world, isn't it? That's what it is. 
Yeah, and it's absolutely 100% agree with you, and I still would love to understand more about the origin of it, because it seems to come from a deep-seated place um, that I can't really put my finger on. I'll tell you where I think it all stems from. Go on, then. Heisel in Hillsborough. Heisel's definitely part of it. Yeah, I think it all comes from around that. It's because, you know, know, the lies that some printed and, you know, how they always sing, oh, you know, always the victim you know, blah, 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 whatever, and stuff like that. And I think it, it, it's deep-rooted from then, and it's just been passed on uh, generation to generation almost. And um, I think it – I genuinely do believe it comes out. And like Carl says now, social media is it, – it's such a huge platform in how fan, all fans of all clubs interact with each other that you mm-hmm. see that, hey, you see it more now than what you used to 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. We never yeah. saw it then. Because yeah. we didn't really engage with the only opposition fans we engaged with were the ones we actually knew. So yeah. for me, the the real the only real opposition fans I engaged with was Man United fans because that's what all the family were. So we just hated each other. But that was football hate, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, because cast, of, cast, of cast the rivalry. Pantomime, pantomime. Yeah, pant- yeah. So, um, but now it's manufactured. It's manufactured rivalries, and it all. And I think it's just, you know, being passed down, like I say, from generation to generation. And um, it's like Carl said, you know, who are West Ham? Really, who are West Ham to Liverpool? Then they they are absolutely nothing. They've never been anything to us apart from the day we played them. That's the only. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it's 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 basically because of social media. There's, there's lots of persiflage. I won't use the B word. Um, there's loads of persiflage going on about and if you're a knobhead and you want to throw a bit of hatred in then that becomes this and it's it's you know I mean the thing about this so for example Brighton Hove Albion I've got no Bob problem with Brighton Jimmy Cage played for them and I like the city a lot very nice place yeah. but all they've got to hate is Crystal Palace but because of social media and if they want to have, I'm not saying they have they've had a go but you know they can suddenly hate Liverpool as well now because they can talk to us yeah yeah yeah, I, 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 I suppose again, just to to double down, it just seems that we we seem to be particularly uh, as a club a particular source of um of that sort of uh, disparaging. Uh, Southampton uh, hate us. Oh man, the, 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 and Derby County as well. Th- this is not a sh- this is not a short list, you know. It's no. not a short list. It's <laughs> it's a remarkable thing. Cam, you said something that I want to go back to you on in terms of the turn of phrase because it's the other subject we want to talk to, and then we'll move on to talking about um, a club I know um, Carl loves, which is Spurs. The guys who uh, uh, represent our next opposition, and people would probably like us to have a little bit of a look forward to that scene as it is a couple of days away, but. You spoke about stuff being passed on from generation to generation, that kind of hatred. Uh, another type of hatred which tragically is passed on in that very fashion um, is the ignorance that is racism. Um, and we've, it's, it's raised its head in several, on several occasions this season. Um, but really notably in a really ugly way, um, at the most recent England game where you had, you know, uh, kids like, um, Callum Hudson O'Doy coming out. You had Raheem Sterling, um, making, um, statements about it afterwards. And the very fact that these kids have to do that, I find just uh, beyond harrowing that, you know, in 2019, that's the case. It does come back to a lot of what we spoke about before about how that thing, that side 
of things has been stoked up across various um, parts of the world from various uh, Le- leaning uh, individuals and, and 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 their culture of hate, but it's a real thing. And the most disappointing of all of those incidents was um, one that was associated with our own club on a day that should be just about celebration and 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 goodwill. Uh, uh, the weekend, the charity game for the for the foundation, uh, and again on the field, there was this you know beautiful. Uh, moment where Stephen Gerrard rolls back the the years and scores a winner, and I didn't see this. I, it's not the type of thing I can do. I I'm, I can't engage with these games. I don't know what it is, but um, I do like to see the little moments that emerge afterwards. I know some people are all over it, but the only thing that has stuck with me is that story about the fella who was utterly hateful towards a family. Uh, in terms of the way he was speaking about them and a, a child who was immensely distressed by that and whose day was kind of saved by the fact that the game was good and your man got ejected and he got to see Stevie G scoring and all that. It's just ugly, uh, Cam. And I want to talk to you about the awkward issue of what should the club be doing about this? Okay, firstly, uh, what I want to say is I want to apologise on behalf of all genuine humans and football fans and um who don't have a bad bone in their body to Amir Malik, his wife, his son and their daughter for what they had to go through on Saturday. Nobody in like you said, uh Kreb, in twenty nineteen should have to experience what they had to experience. Nobody should. Um nobody is born a racist. Let's, let's get that absolutely straight right now. When you are born, you are born, you, you just want love. That's all you want. When you're looking at your parents as a child, you just want their love. Now, if your parents influence you in such a way and, and society influences you in such a way because it's now deemed okay to be a racist because that's the way society is going at the moment, then we're in a really, really bad place as people, as humans. And what can the club do about it? It it's not easy, let's be honest, to to catch somebody being racial, you need you need lots of people to stand up and point that person out. Thankfully on this occasion that was the case. And uh unfortunately he this person won't get a uh, a footballing ban for through the courts because it was a charity game which I, I still think is, I think that's one of the most ridiculous and absurd things I've ever heard. But thankfully, Liverpool Football Club have banned this individual for life from Anfield. Um, and that, that must have just happened today, did it? Because uh, it, was in, it was on Sky News yesterday. Okay. Um, yesterday. okay. Yeah, so okay. Um, I, I, t- I, I tweeted something and then um, uh, a story from the Liverpool Echo regarding uh, what this person had done and uh, uh, not, not long afterwards, uh, a, a report came out from Sky News uh, saying that uh, and there was a, a line in there from Liverpool saying, you know, we take all this sort of stuff seriously. And um, um, but it was the headline was he's been banned for life. Oh, I, I'm I am glad to hear that. It's not about witch witch hunt or anything nonsense. No, no, that. it's not about um, being a lot of crying liberal idiots. No, uh, no, no. Like you see that kind of uh, you see that type of pylon stuff on on social media, and I. I, I detest it. It's, it's unthinking nonsense, but this guy, um, and it's not just because it's a child and you hear the real 
you hear the really sort of evocative terms in which the, his dad chats about the the little mums and floods of tears until Stephen Jarrett scored. I wasn't there to see it because I was with the police. I mean, Jesus. But yeah. par- apparently he stopped crying and jumped up <clears throat> at the seat to celebrate and the stewards celebrated with him. Thanks, Stevie, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, that's a couple of sentences is all kinds of wrong. And the one that really stuck in my in, in my heart there was he wasn't with his kid because he had to go and he had to go and be punished for this idiot's imbecilic behavior. He had to go and make reports to the police, like Cam says, because the onus is on him to do it. I mean, that's just not right. He went out to have a day with his kid and his family, and that be part of an administrative procedure. Exactly that. I mean. Look, we're not going to solve any problems like this on a, on a podcast, Carl. But I mean, it, it is a step in the right direction. That, in in a way that we didn't really see on a couple of occasions, uh, where various things have happened with the, with players and things like that of late. I'm, I'm glad to see the club taking a very firm stance on this. It's yeah. absolutely warranted. Absolutely. And um, the, the problem I've got with this, I mean, firstly, well done to the club. Um, for doing that. Um, this all stems from it. It's your way from FIFA not being asked about racism. Because they're really not. And they, you can wave as many flags as you want. But Nicholas Bettner was fined more for wearing non-sponsorship underwear than um, fans wear for, for, for racially abusing Mario Balotelli in Italy once. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, 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 that's the priority, isn't it? Yeah. You, you actually don't, what, uh, they don't want to look at it. This year, was there not an incident in Italy this year where um, a black player walked off the pitch? Yeah. And he got fined more than uh, he got a fine and a ban. The authorities don't want to know. Yeah, and that and that's the issue here. I mean, I I seriously believe that if players are being racially abused, they should walk off the pitch. Yeah, and 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 every player from both teams should walk off with them because until something like that, you need to make a statement. And it, if it needs to be made once or it needs to be made a hundred times, it needs to be made. And it's down to the players now. Oh, no, 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 Cal, that's not fair. They, they, they make their videos. They make their videos and they get all the people of all the different um, skin tones uh, and, and, and ethnic backgrounds to say no to racism. And that exonerates them from every fucking thing and they don't have to think about it anymore. It's absolutely classic big organization bullshit. We'll put on a day where we make people aware of it and then we can wash our hands and skulk off into the background and ignore it. And FIFA are an abomination when it comes to that type of thing. Um, most uh, organizations where power is divided become that kind of abomination. But I love that idea that you're talking about because imagine how powerful that would be. Imagine what a no to racism that would actually be if fellas just, you know, walked off in solidarity with each other. That yeah, would like, be, and that would be tremendous. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, it, it just, it, it just galls me endlessly to see, for example, the tabloids who you, you have a look at the collection of the express and the mail and the sun's headlines about Raheem Sterling over the last three years. Just have a look at them. You'll find it. Lots of people have collected them. Like it's nothing short of disgusting and bullying and targeted hatred. He and bought yet, a house. He bought a house. He was he tired. Bought a house. He bought a house. Come on. He bought a house and that was terrible. But Phil Foden bought a house and that was the greatest thing. But, but the, 
the point, the point about the Raheem thing I'm trying to get at is during the week it suited them to come out with righteous indignation on yeah. behalf of and backing, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the England lads and Raheem's a hero now and, you know, brave Raheem and brave Callum Hudson O'Doy. Only and, us can be racist about our black players, not ex- these Europeans. This is exactly it. Yeah, and it, 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 it stuck in my craw in the way that I made them, I had the misfortune of being off Unwell recently, I was watching the Madeleine McCann documentary on Netflix featuring Kelvin fucking McKenzie. I mean, for the love of Christ, imagine that little shite hawk pitching up, pontificating and being given air to do it. Obviously, I had to turn it off. I don't know how, I don't know how that ended. Can I I add a Jack the Riffle link to that? Please do. There's a documentary on YouTube about um, how in 1888 that the reason that the Ripper murders are famous because it's the first time the press got their teeth into a, a serial killer story and coupled it with um, various things that were going wrong politically. People were starving and it was highlighted that all this, all this was going on in Whitechapel and that the letters, the Jack the Ripper letters were very, very probably faked. I don't need to tell you who the host was of that program about faking news. Seriously. <laughs> oh, wow. Seriously. Irony. <laughs> Irony. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just remarkable. It's just a remarkable clusterfuck of, 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 objectionable individuals who seem to retain power. Um, it's just disgusting. You know, let's move away from this because uh, Carl, uh, Spurs, it's quite a big game. Lovely club, nothing about respect for them. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I've got this thing about Spurs. I know, I know lots of Spurs fans and they're good lads and everything, but I can just half why I'm up. I think it's because, I think it's because the amount of hack it they were and it just strikes me that they're all together. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all dying to get onto a golf course. I'm really sorry if you're a Spurs fan, and uh, or a Hackett I, fan for that, or one. a Hackett fan to uh, other sports where's are available, but possibly <laughs> not that one. Um, um, and and what's the thing I don't like about Spurs, and this this goes back way back, is that they were always really good at fancy dance, great midfielders. Glenn Hoddle was fantastic, and they didn't win a bloody thing, Amazing. but it was made out that they did. And, um, and when they won the UEFA Cup in 84 against Anderlecht, I cheered just as much as anyone else because I liked that. But, uh, I God, they well. wound me up. Yeah. And it's, it's just being, I think it's because Sky loves them so much. But it's also because they're in that London. You know, like, let's be honest. Well, so am I. So I, mean, yeah, I can't really complain about no, that. No, no, <laughs> my point is that city in which you live, if you're in that London, you're going to get all. The, uh, there, there is definitely a bias towards the teams there and they, they, it, there's a, it, it probably it's more Harry Kane related than, yeah, it probably comes yeah. back to geographical laziness as much as anything else. But though, yeah. those are the players that form the focus and, and, and if Spurs are doing well, you know, Pochettino is, is God. And if, 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 you know, if, if Harry Kane's doing well, he is, um, England's Harry Kane, who's the, the greatest, uh, the greatest footballer ever seen. And it's just, it, Chris I, Sutton, the greatest forward in the world. Chris Sutton said that. Harry Kane is the greatest forward in the world. Yeah, Chris Sutton, he's good, isn't he? He's a good pundit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> about this Spurs game, uh, Cam, a fact that we can't, we can't avoid is that our mate Martin Atkinson, who loves a penalty, is, um, is refereeing it's the match. The refere- yeah, it's a bit of a... It's not John Moss, though, is it? <sighs> I'd rather have John Moss, though. Oh, I wouldn't. No I don't know. I mean, I think Atkinson, he, I, I think he's got something against Klopp. He's just really, you know, even when he's like fourth official and he's still on the sideline, he just seems to, he stood there just trying to rub Klopp up the wrong way. 
with everything he's saying. I don't, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know why you're saying John Moss because of what happened last season. Um, I haven't uh, seen least... the decision, but I'm going to give the penalty anyway. That's yes, exactly what I, I knew, I knew you were going to go. Fucking there. hell. I was in the ground yeah. and I, I just thought, yeah. I, I didn't even watch the penalty. I just thought, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, just drive blind. It's probably safer. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we, we are so good on the day. That we won't be, t- we don't have to discuss anything about the referee afterwards. I don't, you know, I mean, we're, we're so much stronger as a team this season, as we touched on earlier. Um, I believe that the referee will not play a part, you know, as in making any contentious decisions for or against us. Um, if he makes them for us, that's, he's, he's our best mate. If he makes them against us, um, we're mixing for us. We're not never discussing it on the week after's pod, are we? Next well, week's pod. Well, yeah, you say that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Spurs is it's going to be a hard game. We know that. It's, it's a, they're really good. I've got to say that they're really, yeah. really good side. They're, they're I'm not buying, I'm not buying... season. You've got to give them the dues. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, four is it what four nil away win at um, well four nil lager against Dortmund. I mean, that they're no mugs. No, that, that's a hell of that's a hell of a win that. So to win three yeah. 0 against them at Wembley, and, and you know to, to, to put the, the game to bed in the first leg against Dortmund, that that takes some doing. Yeah, they're they're a good side, and they're, it's them and Chelsea are the are the only things that are keeping me awake at night. Well, the, you say they're keeping you awake at night. Uh, they're on um, a game less played, and they're on sixty one points. If they win the game that they have in hand, uh, they're on sixty four points, which leaves them still twelve points behind the Reds. Um, and they oh, have. I'm not had... worried about them from that point of view. No, no, no. I, I, I don't. I, I, I fully understand that. But we're talking about their league form, and they are, they are um, having a fine season. Yeah. Possibly, possibly, maybe one, maybe their best. Um, when you factor in all the form in the various competitions, especially as you said in Europe, uh, as well. And yet the gap that that Jurgen's boys have opened up between themselves and Spurs is it's it's quite a chasm um and it makes you feel as if uh Cam just to to finish with you on this one it makes you feel as if we should be uh as you said we should have enough about us and the news so far, and I haven't heard tonight's internationals. I dread these fricking things. I dread all these breaks. Um, but the news so far, the only injury news that I'd heard up until, um, today was a little worry about Jordan Anderson, who then went on and played, I believe last night, um, 25 minutes or so for England. So it seems as though most of our lads are in decent nick. I know Mo Salah is being tremendously bored. Um, uh, mm-hmm. there was a brilliant story during, did you see that story during the, the broke yesterday or today the, where the picture, the, the picture of him with the, the lovely lady that he was embracing. Oh, and, no, no, uh, I didn't see that. I, and, I saw the picture on the beach where he's put, he's, he's written, you'll never walk alone. Oh, and he stood there alone. That's quite cool. But this yeah. definitely this, going, definitely leaving. He's, he's off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this is a picture of him, uh, embracing what, what appears to be a, a very lovely lady. And, uh, <laughs> he shared it himself. Uh, his mom gets onto him with WhatsApp and says, if your father did that, I'd divorce him. And then, <laughs> and Mo just 
Mo puts a couple of uh, laughing emojis and shares it with the world. But it did make me think, imagine if your mother was following you on, on social media. Uh, and then I realized maybe most people's mothers follow them on social media. <laughs> yeah. My mom, my mom, I've got two Facebook accounts because I've got one for work as well. My mum rejected my friend's request on my work one. I fucking love that. Absolutely you, true. Your mum is your mum is is low key the hero of this show. Yeah. Yeah. Every story you tell us about your mum is just better and better. Yeah. That's class. I She's the Ronnie Moran of mothers. She is. She is. Yeah. She's flashed by having two Facebook accounts. There's a bottle of Lucas egg going in your face. Yeah. <laughs> Have I told you the story about? Um, oh, sorry, it's because it was about to take a while. Have I told you the story about uh, my, my mates who came up to watch us play West Ham in 2002? You did not. I'll be very quick then. So basically, my mate Matt, um, his, um, his his wife has just um, just become pregnant. She's just on the uh, gone past the three month stage. And, uh, he wasn't sure if he could come to the, to the, um, to the game or not. It's the first game of 2001, so we won 2-1 against West Ham. It's the, the kind of digs penalty game. And, um, Matt lives in Brighton, so he came up from Brighton. His brother came up from, Ben came up from, uh, Wiltshire. So we get to the game, we watch the game, it's an early kickoff. We go to the pub, and my mum's there as well, and my sister and my brother-in-law. And it gets to about midnight, um, no, about half ten, and these lads have been up since like 5, 4.30 in the morning to get to Anfield for the game. They're absolutely slaughtered. So I said to them, so I said, Mom, these lads are tired. I'm going to get a cab back with them. I'm going to stay, because you're staying at my sister's. We're going to go back there. And my mum looked at me, looked at the, t- the two brothers and said, I hope you two don't turn out like that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely appalled that we went home at half ten. <laughs> and said it literally right to their faces. <laughs> and she adores them both. Oh, she's fantastic. <laughs> Scouts, mums. I, I still can't believe you said that to this day. Like, you don't turn out like that. The fact that, that they diluted me somehow. That's brilliant. That I consider you. leaving the pub at half ten on a Saturday. That is you told. That is you told. I love that. Now, I actually, I, I actually uh, told um, producer guy that we'd do a hard out on the hour uh, on the quarter past, and it's now twenty fourteen according to my. Uh, clock here so I'm going to just give you both an opportunity for a last minute thought each if you have one or if you want to do it otherwise we'll wrap it up and we will just before I go to the two lads um, we've had a little chat amongst ourselves and despite various difficulties uh, that we've had over the last while just in terms of scheduling we've made it very uh, hard and fast commitment to trying to be here weekly one way or the other and we're going to try and go earlier in the week because uh, on certain weeks, there are quite a number of you, you know, there's uh, north of 50,000 of you that are listening and that's a, a tremendous audience and we don't want to be mucking about with that. So we will be here uh, regularly between now and the end of the season and over summer. Um, Carl, what about you? Anything you wanted to finish with this one? I've got a suggestion that I'll do a normal finish because I was thinking this uh, while, while you were talking actually. Um, would our listeners be interested if we had an AI main pod Instagram account? What would what, what between what would us between the, between the four of us? Because we basically talk about things that not everyone sees the pictures of. Oh, do you know what? That's a brilliant idea, brother. Love it. Just just because you know, I, I always I love, talk about yeah. like you know, a picture of Ronnie Moran might help a few people know the hell we're talking about. You know that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. a picture of my mum shouting. At no, me I was going to just going to say that a picture yeah. of your mum would be the the perfect way of starting it. I'll I'll look into that then. Or or as per our pre-match uh, chit chat. We could have a picture of a very youthful uh, guy and a picture of Kieran Knightley. Which yes, yep. 
You know, yeah, and there's that, a story. That, I'm sorry, listeners, that's on the red button. You have to join the red button, subscribe to the red button if you want to hear that story. Yeah, eventually, when when I launch the Patreon in a few weeks, uh, that's the kind of goodies. That I'm just going to say these words: Guy Drinkle, Kira Knightley, Beach. True story. <laughs> <laughs> Google that, folks. Google that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, your usual finish then, Carl. Well, normally I talk about a charity um, for, in, instead of doing plugs. Um, but I actually just want to talk about the Twitter account this time. It's Fan Support and Food Banks, um, which is being going on. It's, it's a it's a it's a joint venture between um, Everton Supporter Groups and Spirit of Shankly, and it basically encourages people going to Liverpool home games and Everton home games to um, just bring bring a bag of shopping, bring bring you know stuff that people need along and drop them off um, at the food banks around the ground. They're on Twitter at Fan Support and Food Banks, and I think it's a fantastic idea. And um, yeah, just if you've got a spare time, why not just buy some stuff? Um, have a look at what they need um, and um, help out to tenor. Yeah, easiest thing in the world. You can um, give yourself that little uh, glow of warmth that you've actually contributed something to the world. And it's very, very, very relevant. And it's actually so much more useful because, as you say, you can look and find out what actually is wanted instead of, you know, Popping down the 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 uh, charity store like Cam does with his uh, most recent eighteen waistcoat that he's given up that gold lame one. No one's fucking wearing that. Cam. No, it's not in the shop. You know? Do you know what I mean? Seriously, pal, nobody's wearing that. Like it, it, it's not warm and it's not fashionable. So I'm sorry, pal. You know you, you've got to you've got to rethink your uh, your charity donations. What about you, Cam? I'll just, I'll just take it back. Don't worry. <laughs> take it back. <laughs> take it back. Yes. Uh, so, what, how do you want to finish it? Sodom, that's the charitable thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Sodom. That, that, that's Neil Warnock on Brexit. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying Sodom uh, as in the charity shop, because they obviously took took it. They need the money. Yeah. But I'll have to go back in and buy it now. They won't give it back to me. It does show the level of desperation within charities these days. Yeah. yeah. It's sod the people who don't want it. Oh, yes, fair enough. Me, in other words. Excellent, excellent backstop by you there. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, so, when, when you're ready to go, uh, mate, you're, you're a finisher. Yeah, um, normally, obviously, I, I finish on a, uh, a quite moving quote of some sort. But, but um, if it's okay with you guys, I want to give a, a shout out to Mrs. B. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, um, Tomorrow is a uh, well. T- we're recording this on uh, March the twenty sixth. Uh, March the twenty seventh would be is our twenty fifth wedding anniversary. Ah, congrats, man! Thank you very much. So, hence why we uh, uh, went away at the weekend um, to celebrate. To that. Yes, and uh, you know, I was hoping it was uh, going to be my parole hearing, but no, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, I just want to say a yeah, big shout out to Mrs. B, you know, putting up with me for the last 25 years. Um, she deserves all the plaudits and rewards and, you know, everything that goes with it. Um, she's an absolute angel, uh, brilliant wife, brilliant mother, and, um, you know, so patient, just uh, so patient. <laughs> more than that, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a shame that you guys aren't Catholic because I could uh, try to rekindle what used to be my religion and and, and apply for canonization for that lady because she's worth it. She is <laughs> quite she is quite the saint. Um, it's not an easy job living with you. You know what I mean? It's not. Well, it's not. It's not. It's you know. Well, you you understand as in because obviously you have to pod with me. 
and that's yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not that. It's not. It's, it's the stuff that people don't see. It's the the, <laughs> the, the endless <laughs> abuse that you give me offline. It's the the cruelty in, in your tone when we speak. The, the endless waistcoat maintenance. Ah, oh, you know the and, hours spent with a small Hoover like Silvio in the Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You need so, another photo on your Instagram. No, yeah, that's so, going off. That's, that's going, going straight up. up. I actually think this is a really good idea. I think we should set this up and, and, and I'm, gonna do it, I'm gonna do it after this. And, and we'll all can, can you do that with an Instagram account? Where I we think can so. All, yeah, I think we just share the. We password. can all log in. Yeah, I think so. All yeah, right, we just share the password. Let's get on that. That's a super idea. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. The gold lame waistcoat, Kira Knightley, and uh, bottle of Lucasade. That's it. There's your, there's your, there's your three. Bottle of in the original wrapper. Yes, yes. Are we doing the flag? Are we doing the podcast flag? A coat of arms. Hey, we should think about that. Let's a let's, a let's kimono. Let's hold. <laughs> I want you. There you go. No, this is a very serious thing. I want you to think about the thing that will represent you. It, it, it's you, Brangie. It's going to be a kimono or a waistcoat. It's going to well, be. There you go, yeah. But, we'll roll but, but Car- Carl, you need to think about your your logo. I'll think about mine. We we'll get some. Carl's will be a black belt. Yeah, I've got a black belt. Yeah. No, yeah, look at the lads. I've got me black. What the fuck am I gonna have? So uh, we got to think about this, and we get some. We get one of our uh, AI. Um, so she also has a beanie hat. Let's face it. Yeah, you're wearing yeah. you're wearing one now, for God's sake. It's either that or his scarf. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Mind you, you got you 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 got a thing for that jacket as well, haven't you? What jacket? It's you Pancho. Know. It's Pancho jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty. The one the one in your profile pic right now. I've got to really update that. That's fucking four years old. I've got to update that. Um, okay, right. We, we will we will think about this. We'll put it together. I'm, I'm excited about this new venture. Um, let's wrap well, it up for this. Guys, um, just type something that will interest you, uh, Trev. Who has? Guy? What did Guy yeah, say? Have a look in the Ireland chat box. are winning. Ah, oh, Ireland are winning. Well, that's... that's. Uh, I'm watching Brazil against uh, the Czech Republic and Alisson and Firmino playing and that little guy from, Bar- from Barcelona who is yet uninjured. Never mind. Alison just made a double save about five minutes ago, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, well, Alice, the Czech yeah. Alison is just amazing himself. Uh, God bless the, the, his little cotton socks. And what were you saying, Cam? Sorry. Um, I was just saying I'm watching a, 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 the Skype profile screen. <laughs> okay. Party never ends, does it? Never <laughs> it's just ends. Endless crack around the Brangie household. It's like going on tour with Led honestly. Yeah, it, honestly, uh, by the way, one of the topics we're going to talk about next week, folks, and you can uh, get your thoughts in on this if you're listening to it this week, if you want to um, tr- throw some suggestions to us uh, on Twitter. Um, well, the tr- throw them to the two boys. I, I may not be back for a while. Um, uh, Queen, what's that all about? That's what I, that, that was the question. Queen, what's that all about? I have views. Uh, yeah, Carla's views. I didn't quite get cams. I'm looking forward to guys, and uh, I absolutely. Absolutely have some myself. So we're going to tee that up for our, our sort of non-football question next week. Hopefully we'll be chatting to you about a win against Spurs and we will finish up for this episode of the Anfield Index podcast. Um, I've asked the lads for their final thoughts. Uh, they've given you some very good things to be mulling over and we should completely wrap up this um, podcast with me thanking you um, for your continued support. We do really appreciate the numbers you're listening and it's tremendous. Um, apologies for the layoff. It's basically because I've been up on a mechanics lift and um, we had one or two difficulties with lads uh, and travel and dif- different things like that. But we are tra- 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 trapped on the continent in my case, trapped by France. 
trapped by a by a country. Yeah. Uh, so, but 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 we are we are getting past these, and uh, we've agreed. The two boys have been um, uh, kind enough to agree to allow a substitute to come in, so that we don't have to just only do it when it's just the three of us. And we're going to work on that panel during the week, and we will continue. We will have a, a podcast every week, and that's all there is to it. So, on that note, let me thank you again for your support. Let me ask you to recommend us to a friend, and let me tell you that I've been Trev Danny. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Red and stay safe out there. Sports Social Podcast Network.